0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Conversations with Dammy. This is Dammy Balagan. Now, on this podcast, nothing's off limits. And I guess we are being offered an opportunity to challenge what underpins society as we know it. This ranges from culture to food, entertainment, government, education. And we'll get to explore a range of topics. I think you might have some good fun listening and learning a few things. How about that?
1: Good morning. Good morning, Christopher. I'm really excited for today's session, really, really excited, and you guys are probably looking next to me like, who is this person? (laughs) Um, So I'd like to first of all start by um, just giving you a brief introduction to Pastor Dami Bagagum. Now, he's actually been um, involved in an architect family since the very beginning. And I think fun facts as well, for those of you um, watching this again from the beginning, you'll be happy to know he was the one who actually instigated the start of the Nakatech Academy. Um, so I'll just go into a little bit about what he does. He first, first and foremost, he's a pastor, mm-hmm. and he leads the Power Base Family, um, which consists of just entrepreneurs and business owners and people that are just really pushing the barriers and are really at the top of their industry mm-hmm. and doing really cutting edge work. And then he's also an engineer, he's been an engineer now for 12 years, mm-hmm. an um, electrical engineer. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> and um, fun fact, he was the youngest chartered, en- not was, is the youngest chartered engineer in the UK mm-hmm. and became chartered at the age of 24, right? Correct. Which is really impressive, that's a big deal. What age do people usually become chartered?
0: I think the age, the youngest before I broke the record was 27.
1: That's insane.
0: I think on average, people would have done, you know, quite a number of years in the industry before they get it. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: you beat that by an extra three years, which is yes. insane. Yeah. Four years, actually. Yeah, four, right? four. Four. Yes. No, three, three. 27, three, 27 to 24. Yeah, 24. Years, years. And uh, he's been involved in some incredible... Um, engineering projects. Mm-hmm. Some of you may not know, but here in the UK, we have um, the National Rail Service, service mm-hmm. and it's been involved in the Crossrail Project, mm-hmm. the Great Western Project, West Coast Mainline high speed one. This is insane. So it's basically the one behind, if you come to the UK and you get, get on some of these trains, this was the brains behind, <laughs> behind part, um, part, of it, part, part of the part of the, brain, <laughs> part of the brains behind yeah. that work, which is just incredible. And he's also done some work in Africa as well, yeah. and he helped to build an irrigation system in Mozambique, Correct. which is really incredible. So. Um, as, as you know, we said we are speaking today about raising tech giants mm. and we thought who better than to have someone who has really been at the top of their game and in mm. their career come and speak to you guys to equip you with the skills that you'll need to really make it to, within the tech industry. Mm. Um, and then he's also a mentor and he's a mentor to a network of about 50 mm-hmm. I would say, and he's my mentor as well. Like I said, he was the one who really instigated the start of the NACA Academy Mm. and it's helped to really shape my career and um, shape my life really, and helped me um, to grow beyond Mm. my age or my background and things like that. So I'm really excited to have him with us today. Mm, Really, really excited. (laughs) And um, we're going to have a couple of sessions with him until lecture starts um, on the 27th of September. Mm. The team behind the scenes, we're working really hard all the teachers are working hard getting the curriculum done getting all the recordings done and I'm just really excited for teaching to start this year because we have a lot planned for you mm. um, but for now so we're going to go into this session and okay. I will let um, Pastor Dami talk it feels mm. weird just calling him Dami. <laughs> <laughs> I will let him talk and just speak a bit more about himself before we go into the topic um, for today.
0: Sure thank you very much uh, thank you and it's a pleasure to get to I guess come out a little bit more
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and I know these, these podcast sessions will be watched later and they'll be mainly recorded but I'm glad I believe the video's on isn't it so people can get to see the videos and watch back later. I think it, we are at a pivotal time now uh, certainly in the journey of Africa as a continent, as a body of people and I don't take it for granted that we've been fortunate enough to come together like this to solve one of the most important problems that projects into the future. And it's the combination of education, social impact and technology, which NACA Tech is solving. And when I when I look at the theme that we're going to discuss over, over this next period, until you start your formal education, uh, well, I guess, formal session, end of September. It, it talks about raising giants, raising Africa's tech giants. And I want to just today talk on two main themes, all right, just for 15 minutes or so uh, as I speak to you all. And I know that you've got some questions ready for me, which is good. But what would also be good going forward is based on today's sessions, those who can rewatch them can then ask questions, and I will mm-hmm. address them in the next sessions as well. All right, so before I sort of speak about raising Africa's tech giant, I guess it's worth just delving a little bit more into my history and what I've done. And as well as the the irrigation plant in Mozambique, I've been involved in the Nigerian Young Professionals Forum, NYPF, which, you know, our sole aim was to help foster relationships across the Nigerians spread across different parts of the globe yeah and so what you have with that is the the combination of the diaspora the, the, the force of the diaspora being channeled back into Nigeria providing a soft landing for people who maybe their brains in economics or in mm. finance or in technology and offering them connections within government within the corporate space so that they can go back and gain, then use the knowledge they've gained to build the country. So that was like the whole premise of NYPF. And I've been involved in that now um, since 2013 or thereabouts, 2012, 2013. So, and I haven't been involved in, you know, setting up initiatives, working with, I mean, I've worked with the president of Nigeria um, at the time, President Goodluck Jonathan, and ministers for transport, ministers for the Federal Capital Territory. So done a bit of work with the ministerial arm as well, written reports for them, written communiques, outlining strategies that would help them in the growth of young people. So with that said, I think there'll be two key things. When you think of a giant, right, the the, the first thing that you're tempted to do if you're supposedly fighting a giant Mm. is to fight like they do. Mm. And and, uh, I believe that's the first key thing to touch on today, which is to understand that there is an advantage fighting as an underdog, Mm. right? And one of the key advantages of fighting as an underdog is your size and your speed. Mm. So today, whoever's watching me, wherever you're watching from, if it's Mozambique, if it's Malawi, if it's Uganda, Morocco, Zambia, South Africa, wherever you're watching from, um, I want you to understand as well that we may not be the size of the giants that we're talking about, the Googles of this world. The amazons of this world but your size is an advantage mm-hmm. yeah so i think it's important that we understand that because you're small enough you can move quick enough mm-hmm. i always tell people around me if there's if you could write this tip down well, whatever dream you've got you're better off starting small yeah you think big make sure you think big you start small then you move fast so that's the advantage of you being the size you are today mm-hmm. You think big, you start small, you move fast. That's how I believe as a family, the Nakatech family will be able to progress. So the key advantage here is our size and our speed. In order for Amazon to drive innovative changes mm. or Google to drive innovative changes, they would need to go through the entire board they'll need to get approval from Sergey Brin. Mm. They'll need to go through their chief technology officers and work right through the different ranks before mm. things are ch- uh, changes are made. But if for example, a Davis Chama, mm. uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and let's just say an innocent come together mm. and you come up with an idea and an architect things, yeah, let's do that. And we put our backs into it. We can come up with a solution much quicker than it would take an Amazon to do. Mm. And I think because we have people in the gro- on the ground in different countries, that is our advantage.
2: Mm.
0: Look, there is a reason why the US was unable to defeat the terrorists in Afghanistan, mm. the Taliban. There's a reason why Al-Qaeda, no matter how much they, they talk about in the press, how they went and spent multiple billions of dollars in these countries, till tomorrow, they did not win those battles. Why? Because what you have is a massive organization, a giant, yeah, the size of the U.S. Army, mm. against a guerrilla um, army. Mm. These are small armies
2: mm.
0: that are able to uh, adapt quicker mm. than the mammoth armies. So I believe the advantage that we have is our size and our speed.
2: Mm.
0: It's just that simple. That's the first thing I want you to bear in mind. Do not look at the fact that you may be somewhere in Malawi today without access to internet, that's great, but you have access to Dami, you have access to Simi, you have access to, you know, Toby, you have access to all your different um, student advisors. Mm -hmm. These are all people that give you access into a world that you would not otherwise have access to. Mm -hmm. That's the advantage. Mm -hmm. So over the last um, 10, 11 years, working with the NYPF, Nigerian Young Professionals Forum, I have seen that there is an advantage with giving people cross border access, giving people cross continent access Mm. so that a Davis Chama is able to speak to Toby like he is his neighbor. Mm. But you see what that does is you are now given access to information and that access to information is what gives you the upper hand wherever you find yourself. Mm. So do not look down On the fact that you might seemingly be in a in a in a village Mm. somewhere in malawi yes but you have access to london
2: Mm.
0: at the speed of your typing Mm. the second point i want to highlight is having understood that you might be small but make sure you're quick the second point is you need to be a part of a family i love the word ecosystem so that's why i teach a lot and over the over the weeks I know today is more of an introductory session mm. but over the weeks I will talk to you about different parts of what I think would form an ecosystem mm. yeah? so anyone who's in the tech space you would have heard words like um, accelerators or hubs and I believe that the family the nakatech family which was as you all know a spin off of the powerbase which we you know which fortunately I founded somehow mm. um, what we're going to do is offer the ecosystem space within which all your ideas would be allowed to thrive mm-hmm. your passions will be allowed to take fire and run and anyone who needs support in whatever capacity you need will be offered to you mm-hmm. so so the, 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 there will be an ecosystem that would enable you to thrive you know the, the the project i did in mozambique um, what, what, what we had was to actually build a, a greenhouse which was very interesting. And that's why I want to use to talk to you today. I don't have photographs, but I could show you guys later. Um, what we did was in this area, Maputo mm. in Mozambique, they had issues with accessing water underneath the ground. Mm. So what we realized we had to do was we had to build an ecosystem, right? You can call it a greenhouse, where above ground, it's a desert area, but you create a space. I forgot, I forgot the... Um, dimensions now but let's just for argument's sake say a 200 by 100 meter landmass, and we built walls and used this very clever cardboard technology where you we run salt water water salty and the the salt got trapped but then that pure water was then um, with the heat of the area that created a bit of vapor in the in the room and it, it just basically provided the water for the plants so farmers were able to grow plants just by using simple cardboard See through glass, um, um, you know. Um, so it was it was really clever, but I want to extrapolate that to today. So what was Project Mozambique or Project Moz um, nearly a decade ago mm. is now the ecosystem,
2: mm. and
0: this ecosystem that I think would work with the Nakatech family is we've now got an environment. So let's take a um, I'm trying to remember one of the names now, uh, Dali. Yeah. maybe a Dali, right? So you could have a Dali. That is in Malawi, is that correct? He's yes. in Malawi, right? It might look like he doesn't have access to resources, but because he is in an ecosystem mm-hmm. where he has access to uh, a Quabana, let's mm-hmm. say, in, in, in London, that ecosystem allows him to thrive even though if he steps outside of that ecosystem, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the resources he needs. Mm-hmm. Remember what I said earlier about the the, the landmass in Mozambique, the land was barren, mm-hmm. dry, but we just created a 200 by 100 meter space within that dry land that plants thrive and farmers were able to feed mm. and eat. That's the concept I want in your minds ecosystem thinking. All right. So, the first thing I'm just recapping now the two points that we're using to introduce today. Mm. Number one, do not see your size as a disadvantage. Yeah. When you fight a giant, the last thing you want to do is fight like a giant.
2: Mm.
0: You know, there is an advantage in your size, mm. because it gives you speed. So you think big, you start small, you move fast. That's point number one. Mm. Point number two is what I would call ecosystem thinking, where your environment might be dry, but because there is a greenhouse provided by the power-based family, the Nacatec family, you are able to thrive even though you might be in Malawi, in Zambia, in mm. Morocco, somewhere. And I know one of the most frustrating issues is access to data. Yeah. these are things we're not oblivious about mm-hmm. but that we are going to find a way around it so that's what i want to use to introduce these sessions mm-hmm. yeah so wherever you're watching from i know people have questions i know you've got questions ready for me simi but for now those are the two key things use your size as an advantage and think different think ecosystems yeah
1: wow Thank you. I love that. No I really, really love that. What an amazing <laughs> introduction. And I can see that some of you have just joined. Apologies again about the mix up at the time. But for you that have just joined, we are joined here today by Dami Balogun. He is um, a very experienced electrical engineer. And actually it brings me to my first question really.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so you're an engineer, you're a pastor, mm-hmm. you're a mentor. And you you are the youngest chartered engineer in the UK. Mm-hmm. And up until the age of 16, mm-hmm. you actually grew up in Nigeria. That's true, yeah. So you went from, you know... Is moving over to the UK at the age of 16 mm-hmm. and then in the space of sh- um, eight years mm-hmm. you then became the youngest chartered engineer in the history of the UK mm-hmm. that is incredible mm-hmm. and because today we're speaking about the arts of war as an underdog mm-hmm. I wanted you to just tell your story a little bit about mm-hmm. you know your underdog journey really and mm-hmm. your humble beginnings mm-hmm. and how you then managed to bypass all of the systems of the UK to mm-hmm. become the youngest chartered engineer
0: Oh yeah. Okay when you say like that it sounds sounds good um thank you for that so since we're talking about the strategy of the underdog um session number one one of the very first things I noticed about myself was I was just determined I was dogged I was like I am not going to allow anyone to define who I am
2: Mm.
0: so I came here as a young 16 year old and I remember saying to myself, "I don't want to go through the standard educational system of the UK." I came mm-hmm. from Nigeria, so my mom um, was an air force officer in Nigeria, mm-hmm. so I had military school training all my life. So I, I grew up military school training, and when I came here, I was determined that I want to want to break every barrier. Mm-hmm. I just had that in me, and if anyone knows me, you know that when I sort of get my teeth into something I'm yeah. like a doctor bone <laughs> so I didn't want to do A-levels A-levels is what you would do at that age I said I wasn't I told them I want to go straight to uni all the top universities turned me down mm. Imperial College one of the best universities in the world turned me down because mm. they told me I'm too young and I should follow the system mm. uh, I, I, I don't remember the other university now maybe it's U- U- University College London I don't actually remember sorry it's, it's a long time ago it's 2006 yeah. <laughs> they turned me down no, I started my applications in 2005, I should say. Uh, they all turned me down because they said I was too young. Mm. But I said I was determined. So it was one of the smallest universities that gave me a chance. Mm. That was Greenwich. And they said, well, okay, since you're determined, prove to us. Mm. Start with a foundation year. Mm. And, and for me, I love when people underestimate me. Mm. And if there's anyone who you know, is listening to this podcast later on and, and you are being underestimated, I would say you should use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. you know the best way to attack is when you're unexpected wow. that's the best way mm-hmm. to make an impact you know and I think there's beauty in, in in not being expected so anyway I was I was told I couldn't make it and I did it my first year in the foundation year I think I I think my maths exam I think I got all I think I got 100 wow. percent then they then gave me another exam I don't remember the score now, but I think I did very well in the first two exams. Mm -hmm. So they realized, okay, we can actually get into the degree not too long after that. So, and I started university at 16 and that was my journey. And of course, you know, graduating from university, being a young black man in the railway space, Mm -hmm. I used to be, and actually in most cases, I I still am the only black face Mm -hmm. and the youngest. That's that has been my journey, Mm. Uh, and so uh, if you can imagine when I started in the railways, 2000. Actually, when I when I first started in 2008, this was mid-university. I went for work experience. I was definitely the only black face I could see, (laughs) right? And then as time has gone on, there are other black faces, Mm. so to speak, black faces. Apologies for using that term, but Mm. it's just what I could use for now. Mm. And. You know, for where I'm at right now, where I write policies and standards and I mm. design future systems, I still am the only black face there, mm. and often the youngest. Mm. So it's I've just always been the underdog, but it's beautiful because I, I, you know eventually you win the hearts of people and they realise that. Hang on, okay, this guy's mm. actually broke barriers. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of my colleagues now they're normally like they're my dad's age. A wow. lot of my colleagues are my dad's age. Wow. Yeah. That's
1: incredible. <laughs> And um, for the students that are watching, I love something that you said. Hmm. And you said um, the universities wanted you to go with the system. But essentially, you were so determined that you decided I was going to go against the system, regardless of what you say. So I really love that. And I think so for you, it's not about the... you know conforming mm. so basically had a non-conformist mindset correct and i think that's beautiful so we're going to delve in a bit more into you know the art of boys and underdog and mm-hmm. i really love this conversation mm-hmm. because when you look at the tech world in general a lot of the big companies today started as underdogs correct so for example you have um an uber that yeah. came saying we're going to revolutionize what it means you know the taxi hire correct. business correct. and just within london alone they had a big battle with tfl yeah. and black cabs and things like that these are institutions that have been around for since almost the beginning of time really (laughs) and then you know you have apple Mm -hmm. that said we're going to go against microsoft because we think we can do better computers so um why do you think underdogs are so successful within the tech space
0: okay the reason why i think underdogs are successful in the tech space is because of the characters Mm the people, what makes a tech man? So when you, when you look in depth into the people who have gonna set up these systems, I'll call them now, mm. they are generally people who ask questions. Mm. They genuinely ask questions. They are inquisitive minds. Mm. Why can't things be done better? Mm. And and I would like to say, as I will talk over the weeks, there are some key topics we'll touch on. Things like um, you know mastery and competence. Mm. I'll talk about wisdom and excellence. Mm. And these are people who did not settle for anything less than excellent. Mm. So their nature to ask questions was what drove them to find answers. Mm. And and I would like to say in this generation, what I see for the Nacatec students Mm. is I don't see a bunch of consumer kids. Mm. I see creator kids. Mm. So one thing to watch out for is this population now and this generation are mainly designed to be consumers. Watch this. Why is it that the founders of Instagram, Twitter, who were people who did not conform to the system, mm. people who challenged, they've now created systems that is easy for you to just be a consumer mm. and you just sit there and consume things rather than create things? Mm. And you've got to fight against that system. And watch this, right? Many times, what ends up, first of all, solving your problem can end up enslaving you. Mm. That's the thing to watch out for. Mm. So some of you might know, I'm also a pastor, right? Mm. As well as being an engineer, the youngest chartered engineer in the UK's history. Mm. I'm also a pastor here Mm. of one of the leading movements here in the UK. And one thing I notice, pardon the biblical reference in this case, for Mm. some of you who might not necessarily be that way inclined, but we can have a discussion separately. Mm -hmm. The people of Israel were hungry Mm. and they had to travel to a place called Egypt Mm. for food because Egypt was the only place on earth that had food at the time, because there was a famine. Mm. Now, what ended up being a source of food, what started off rather as a source of food ended up being a place to enslave people. Mm. So yes, Egypt provided food at the start, but Egypt ended up enslaving them. Mm. It's the same way now. I speak to Nanaka Tech students and I mm. say to all of you, don't be consumer kids, mm. be creator kids. Mm. So yes, Instagram is great, what they've done is good, Twitter, Facebook, but don't be a consumer. Mm. Use that as a platform to mm. create. So the reason why they ended up being they're, they're successful is because they ask questions.
2: Mm.
0: Anything that stops you from asking a question is an opponent of your destiny. It's an opponent mm. of your future. Yes. So notice anyone that tries to be a revolutionary, the system will tell you to don't ask questions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whereas
0: I, I need you to get to the stage where you can ask questions. We mm. challenge the system Mm. that's that's what makes an underdog (laughs) i love
1: that you challenge the system and you ask questions so essentially when the universities told you that no you can't you know go into university at the age which age were you when you were applying i was applying at 15 years old so when you were applying for university at 15 years old in the uk Mm. to um study your engineering course they said no you can't and you basically asked the question why not
0: yeah all the best universities turned me down, wow. and you know I was I was quite angry because there was, there was something that actually happened for me. So um, at a time, what really got me angry, and I'd please listen to me carefully. I got a scholarship to go to the US mm. to study aerospace engineering. Mm. So I always knew I was sort of you know I guess I could do well in exams, mm. and because the US The state of Oklahoma saw my scores,
2: Mm.
0: and they said they were going to sponsor me for my aerospace degree. But then, two things happened. First of all, my dad said he thought aerospace engineering wasn't the best thing for me. Mm. But then, the second thing that really got me angry was that I was denied a visa. Mm. Mm -hmm. I will never forget that day. I walked. (laughs) I was in Nigeria. I walked to the American embassy. (laughs) Talk about the underdog journey. I walked to the embassy, the American embassy, and I looked, This I remember this guy's face, this chubby man with glasses (laughs) looked at me and said, why do I believe you'll come back to Nigeria when you're Mm -hmm. done with your degree? And that angered me. And again, it was what gave me the fight when I knew that I was turned down, not because of lack of the brains to do it. In Mm -hmm. fact, your government saw my scores and sponsored Mm me, but you guys are turning me down because my country doesn't doesn't look like a place that I'll come back to. Mm. That got me angry. Mm. So when I came to the UK, I was like, no, I'm not doing A-levels. I'm mm. challenging the system. I will go straight to uni. And I did. And I got a first class.
1: Mm. I love <laughs> that. And because most of our students are um, based in Africa, yes. so it's we're not oblivious to all of the different disadvantages that come with that. Mm. We're not um, oblivious to the inequalities, let's say, that come with that. For example, in Africa, there's not much infrastructure mm. or as much as is afforded to you in the West. However, I love what you said about not just being a consumer but being a creator. Yeah. So, for those of you that just joined, I asked him a question of why do you think the underdog tech companies always end up becoming, you know, the biggest giants within the industry, and he mm. said because they. Um, ask questions, they create. They're small enough to move quickly. And for those of you who just joined as well, I'll just reintroduce um, Dami Balogun here, just so you know who's speaking with you. He's the youngest chartered engineer in the UK, which is incredible in the history of the UK. And um, he's a Nigerian native. So yep. he was just telling us his story of how he moved over and then challenged the UK education system mm. to become chartered at the age of 24. Mm. And he's also raised um, business leaders and entrepreneurs myself. I'm a product of his mentorship mm. and the Nacatec Academy and the Powerbase Foundation and everything you guys know are all the direct products of his members- mentorship. So I thought it would be amazing for him to really speak to you guys and give you you know, the skills and the knowledge and some of the tips that he's given some of us um, privately that have helped us really become more than our age or our backgrounds mm. and things like that mm. so just a, another uh, just a quick introduction for you all so um, I love what you said about creators and asking questions so if you are sitting in Malawi Dali actually mentioned you earlier mm. and you're sitting in Malawi today you don't have much data you don't have maybe a laptop or a good phone and you the what you see around your community is poverty mm what kind of questions or what kind of issues would you want to be solving with technology
0: Mm. it's a very good question so the first thing to do since we're talking about giants Mm. is start by solving the smallest problem you can Mm. it's just that simple Mm. look the future will not be big tech Mm. the future will be distributed tech Mm -hmm. let me break that down what that means today amazon google facebook these are all huge companies by the way they are being challenged by the system today and chances are the government will aim to break them up mm. it's not the first time that big companies have been broken up mm. anybody who would cast their mind back a hundred years ago now and you look at the Rockefellers of the world mm. rockefeller he discovered something in oil mm. the same way the tech companies have just discovered something because he was so big, mm. the government of the U.S. broke him up. Mm. When you hear mobile today, ExxonMobil, all these companies, mm. the Standard Oil, it all came from one company, one mm. man. But They had to be broken up. The U.S. is currently fighting, and the countries are currently fighting these big tech companies because there's something happening in human history that's not been happening, never happened before. Mm. And this is what it is. If you look back at history, This is the first time that everything you do is being recorded. (laughs) Yeah. Let's look at 200 years ago, 300 years ago, right? Whatever you did, there was no camera to capture what you were doing. Mm. There was no Instagram or Twitter to record what you were doing in public. Mm. None of that. Whatever happened, happened. The only things that we see today as proof of things in times past Mm. were the documentations of the few. Mm the best of society in most cases, Mm. or the absolute worst. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, everybody's been recorded. Mm. Everything you do online since the first time you had your laptop is recorded. Mm. It has not gone anywhere. Mm. Whatever websites you've gone on is stored permanently. It's Mm. not going anywhere. Mm. Even if you deleted it on your search history, Mm. it is saved somewhere. If you go on Google Chrome and you go on incognito, That is still being saved too. It's not gone anywhere. So one of the things that the governments don't like is the fact that now everything is recordable Mm. for the first time in mankind Mm. and it can be used as a weapon. Mm. It's just that simple. So I don't know if you know this now, a lot of, many of you do know this, I'm sure, because I see the group chats. I'm in there, by the way, some of you might not know. (laughs) Um, A lot of the cyber attacks, many companies now are held to ransom until they pay money because Mm -hmm. something they've done or are doing is being recorded by someone else and it's Mm -hmm. being captured. Because of that, governments are scared. Mm -hmm. So those are big issues. Looking forward now, governments don't want big tech, massive influence. However, if you can find a Dali, a Chanju, and you can have distributed tech, Mm -hmm. not giant, it's not big tech now. Mm -hmm. Big tech is not the best thing to do. It's distributed tech where you solve small problems in different places. Mm. Why not gather together? Mm. Many of these guys, many of these people, so the founder of Adobe Acrobat, mm. the founder of um, um, Netscape, mm. the founder of um, the, the guys who do the animations, Pixar, Pixar technology, they all came from the same class in university. Oh. Do you know what they used to do? They sit together and talk. Mm. So if a Dali Chanju, You guys can gather together Mm. and talk. Remember how I started? And those who might have missed it, it's a podcast anyway. You can hear the the rewind. Is you think big, you start small, but then you move fast. Mm. You can only move fast if you're small enough.
2: Mm.
0: And I think that's the first thing: distributed tech in your locality. What's the problem right there? You know, there was a guy who he discovered through research Mm. that I can't power up my community by going to ask my local local government mm. chairman. So I can, you know, develop a, a solar powered well system, right? Mm. I'm thinking solar power because that's my initial, you know, engineering degree. Mm. But it could be anything. Mm. You stop by solving those problems. Look at look at what we have in in um, Kenya mm. with the with the MPASA. That 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 right there is innovation.
2: Mm.
0: And the, the, the good thing of these things is if you can solve these localized problems, mm. then you are taking the power away from big tech. Mm. And that's what we've got to do. Africa has a mad advantage, by the way. We've got a crazy <laughs> advantage. Mm. But I'll talk about these over the over the weeks to come. You know, mm. today is an introduction, mm. and I'm going to touch on very specific things like your competence, mastery, and competence. Mm. I'm going to talk to you about value, productivity, mm. wisdom, and excellence. Mm. These are key traits that are beyond your just your skill. And, and another thing I want to say, if you're right there in Malawi, Yes, you might be in Malawi, but you know Danny. Mm -hmm. I always say to all of you, every money you are going to make on earth is in the hands of another human being. So what you need is access to people. Mm -hmm. People, if you can access human beings, then you have access to unlimited resources. Mm -hmm. Every money that was ever made is still on earth. It's never left earth. All the gold that existed 300 years ago, is still on earth, mm. it's just in someone else's hands. Mm. So the key thing is if you can demonstrate a level of competence, and I'll get that to that in some weeks, mm. in, in some weeks' time, and you have access to people,
2: mm.
0: the combination of those two is what would unlock you. Mm. The dream for Nakatech is massive. Mm. The, the cross-pollination that's going to happen. Yeah it's going to be great crazy so for now i think that that will be my response yeah
1: amazing that's amazing and i love what you said um I really enjoyed what you said about starting with your local communities and solving small problems, mm. because I think that's one of the things that these big tech companies, they did well at the beginning, they all found a gap in the markets. So with Uber, they thought, why should I have to be hailing a cab physically or mm. having to go to certain locations where you can find lots of cabs? Why can't I just order one on my app from the comfort of my phone and it arrives at my house within five minutes? Mm. So I guess at that small stage, it allowed them to really see what's a gap in the market and create a solution to that problem. Mm. And, you know, as I introduced him as well before, and I told you guys that he's also my mentor. And that's one thing that he always tells me, making sure that you have a problem solving mentality and that you are keeping an eye out for the problem. And I think what's unique about Africa, I know you probably speak about it mm. a lot later is that Africa is filled with problems. Yes, <laughs> There are lots of problems that need um, to be solved. And I think this is, Um, the advantage that a lot of you have, that because you're so small, and we're speaking about the underdogs today, you guys directly understand these problems you see these problems mm. someone sitting in silicon valley cannot understand the problems that dali for example may be experiencing in sogoja village mm. so um, i think i think that's really important about starting within your local community so another question i have for you and i'm just flowing as we're having a yeah. conversation so i have now noticed a problem mm-hmm. and i'm thinking maybe why is the healthcare system so terrible maybe i'm now studying nursing i know some of you some of the girls i've spoken to are studying in nursing and um i see that with the hospitals maybe the way that we collect data is incorrect so maybe there's a patient comes in and their record um on file is incorrect or maybe it's hard to read because it was handwritten so i've now spotted a problem and i think okay well i want to solve this what next
0: um i would say the first thing to do is try and build relationships Mm. get in there quick Mm. what's the worst someone can say to you if you ask them a question no And you see, because of the fear of rejection, many people back away from the fight. Mm. Whereas if you're going to be an underdog, and for me, if if we call this session today anything, it's as you said, the strategy of the underdog, Mm. right? And if you're going to fight as an underdog, which I believe is one of the best strategies, Mm. by the way, you've got to be ready if someone said no, and Mm. you walk away from them, Mm. easy as. A lot of the, I would say billionaires you know today, they got so used to knows that when the yes came, they went flustered and they didn't make stupid decisions. Let me let me break that down for you. I'll tell you why. You see, if if you if you have things too easy, mm. right, you will sell yourself short. Mm. Okay, some of you might not know this, and I'll break this down to you. And this is why mentorship is one of the most important things. Mm. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, when he first founded Facebook, Everybody in the university was like, wow, Wow. this is going to be amazing. This is brilliant, blah, blah, blah. He solved the problem. Mm -hmm. Different universities were now logging on. Mm -hmm. It was amazing, it was all good. Fine, yeah, excellent. And then some people started to talk to him about the idea. These are business corporates. Mm -hmm. And one of his mentors told him, let me just tell you this now, by the way, a company will come to you one day and they will offer you a billion Mm dollars. He'd said it to him way before they had the money. Wow. And this is the beauty about mentorship. Mentorship gives you an opportunity to be educated Mm. at the expense of someone else's. Mm. Do you understand that? Mentorship is education at someone else's expense. Mm. Mentorship is education when someone else has paid the tuition fee. Mm. That's the whole point. So what you find here is Zuckerberg's mentor told him, they'll come and offer you a billion. You better say no.
2: Wow.
0: And, and and the thing is, when you've got so used to no's, you'd have the capacity mm. to say no. So he went around, Many people thought his idea was stupid. His mentor said, Don't worry, someone will offer you a billion. And when they come to you with that billion, say no. Yeah. So of course he goes around, investors will say no. They say, I think even Alibaba. Mm. I need to go and check my facts here. I'm pretty sure maybe Alibaba or someone else along that space said no to him. Mm. Or one of the most on on one of the most recognizable names now mm. i need to check my facts said no to him so when you've gotten used to hearing no you know to say no at the right time when you're used to hearing no you know to say no at the right time wow. <laughs> so his mentor was right one day someone came up with him a billion dollars they said no today zuckerberg i mean, I no mean. <laughs> you know what i mean multiple tens of that so i would say that underdog mentality mm. would make you get ready to hear no Mm. enough and it's fine every door that's shut is actually an advantage for you because it just shows you I was not meant to walk through that anyway Mm. that's the way I look at it Mm. right so you you first need to build relationships Mm. where you can get used to no Mm. get used to it I had to get used to the Americans saying no to me Mm. the universities in the UK saying no to me Mm. and so I was able to say no at the right time Mm. for example eventually later on when I'll have my contracts I'll negotiate I'll tell them no Mm. I know the fight I had to get here.
2: Mm.
0: You're not going to tell me, just give me peanuts as Mm -hmm. a salary. You're not going to give me peanuts as a contract. Mm. No way. The US has told me no in the past. Mm. The UK has told me no in the past. Mm. I now know that I can say no to you too. Mm. And that was exactly what I did. And it made me negotiate, right?
1: Wow. Wow. So that's incredible. So Mm. once you spotted a problem, Mm -hmm. you then... Build you build relationships yeah. and then you get ready for the nose as well. Correct. But the right type of relationships. So Correct. you look for mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I love you said something about um mentorship. It's basically getting for free what someone had to pay for or Mm. pay the tuition for. Mm. And it's incredible because you've now had a 12-year career leading in the um, electrical engineering space in the UK, developing insane projects Mm -hmm. over the 12 years Mm -hmm. that I think anyone who uses public transport within the UK Mm -hmm. would have to thank you (laughs) for your work. So the words that you guys are hearing today and the knowledge that's being imparted on you, Mm. this is basically... 12 years of um, Mm. tuition that you're getting for free today, Mm. which is Mm. amazing. So I really, really love that. So um, I think maybe, should we get one of the students to ask you a question? That's fine. What do you think?
0: I'm more than happy to. Yeah,
1: I'm really enjoying this conversation and I was Mm -hmm. going to go more into it but I thought actually let me let one of the students ask a question Mm because I'm trying to ask questions that I think they would ask Mm -hmm. but I mean it would be better to get them to ask it themselves. By all means
0: I mean they they can feel free to type them in as well and and, and, you know and uh, so feel free to type your questions in and you can read it out when it comes in. But, but one thing to bear in mind is this this is just week one. Yeah. This is just introduction. And mm. the introduction just talks about strategy. Mm. So this should be your approach going forward, mm. which is every NACA tech student mm. understand. It doesn't matter how big you are. You might be big Amazon. You might be big Google.
2: Mm.
0: It's okay. You're a giant. Mm. I'm an underdog.
2: Mm.
0: But guess what? History, when you look at history, and, and I was saying to some of you, I've studied, I think, um, maybe about 1,034 of um, 1,034 battles in history, mankind's history. When you look at those 1,034 battles, these are wars, right? Between big armies and small armies. Whenever the small army tries to fight like the big army, Mm. they always lose. Whereas whenever the small army fights in unconventional guerrilla tactics, Mm. knowing that, yes, I'm an underdog, but I'm gonna fight. I'm going to be small, Mm. but I'll be quick. I'll be swift, I'll be able to change strategy like this. Those armies always won. Wow. That's why I referenced earlier Taliban and mm. Al-Qaeda and so on. But, you know, I, please, if you've got any questions, type them in, I'm, I'm willing to answer them, but there is yeah. a long journey.
1: So I can see Isaac, you have your hands up. Is it okay for we? Yes, um, of course. Of so course. we can unmute you and then you can ask your question. Yeah, Isaac, you can unmute yourself and ask your questions.
2: Thank you very much. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, we
2: can. Hi, Isaac. Hey, how are you guys?
1: Great. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a very interesting topic. So I just had like one question. Since you're talking about um, the dogs, the gorilla tactics, I feel like here in Africa, basically okay, I can talk about Zambia, but typically Africa, we don't have control of our minerals. We don't have control of our governments and everything. So I always think like technology has brought like a leveling field if you get me. So do you think like technology is is the way for the future of Africa? This is the, since you said Africa is full of problems and technology is one way, like the rest of Africa can catch up with the rest of the world. Do you feel like if we use technology the right way we can definitely one day say, Africa will be there, Africa in the next 20 years, if we use technology the right way, we'll be there. We'll reach that level where we can say, now we have gotten back the control. Correct. Yeah.
0: Yes, it's a very good question. And the short answer is yes, we, it's not a case of we are getting there. It's a case of we will, Yeah. if I just, just take a very simple example. Why are some of the biggest tech inventors going there to live now? Mm. Why has Jack Dorsey, Jack Dorsey is the guy who started Twitter. Yeah. He has left his life in the US mm. to go and live in, in Africa full time because he knows what's happening. Yeah. Let me tell you what's going to happen. There is a So there is, there is something, I, I will call it the, the tech gap. Okay. So what you have is, You have countries like, you have um, continents like Europe and the US who they are tech mature. Then you've got continents like China that are tech mature, but very heavily governmentally controlled. Mm. Then there's another third dimension, which is why I call the tech gap, where you've got Africa now. You've got different countries. You've got uh, like over 2,000 languages. Mm. Right? You've got 54 countries it is so dispersed it's you you cannot try and control everybody (laughs) China 1.2 billion people the government controls all of them Mm. by the way in China now I will answer I need to give an extended answer to this question in China now if you've got your phone and I've got my phone Mm. if you've committed a crime before see me Mm. it will log on your phone the the government will put it in your phone to say, right, Simi is committed a crime. So if I walked into a a restaurant, my phone will beep and tell me there is a criminal in this restaurant. And it will try and get you to move away from this person. So they're creating a social divide. Mm. But that cannot happen in the place where there's so many languages, Mm. where there's so many, so so there's so many obstacles against that control. Mm. This is our advantage. So that tech gap now, number one, the guys who've set up things in the US are moving there because mm. they recognize it. Number two, we are too big, too dispersed for you to try and control us. Mm. Number three, we have the. Mm. U- yes, so. When you look at Africa's population, we are due to double the next like 30 years. Yeah. We're due to double. And you know that half of that will be under 25 year olds. Mm. Hear this, Europe is getting older. The population is aging in Europe. So the, the workforce for Europe is going to be black people, Africans, they know this. Wow, They know it. So in this, in this country now, The retirement age is increasing. It used Mm -hmm. to be sixty. Now it's sixty-five. Now it's sixty-seven. Yeah. The the working age is getting older. Our advantage is. Our advantage is that we're young. Yeah. We're dispersed. We can't be controlled. So, Isaac, tech that gap there is going to be bridged by tech. Mm. That's what I mean. It will be bridged by tech. It's not. It's not going to be. There's no. Centralized government that's going to control a Zambian and and an Egyptian at the same time, Mm. not going to happen. But if you have a NACATEC, and I think EdTech has a space here. Mm. What I call EdTech, EdTech has a very unique space. So if we NACATEC now can train Zambians, Malawians, Zimbabweans, Ugandans, Nigerians, on the tech space in this ecosystem we would not be controlled by the government. Mm. Then innovation will spur out. Mm. And technology is the one platform that will make that happen. That's what I believe for sure. So Isaac, very good question. And yes, the answer is tech is going to be play a pivotal part. And when you look at the other factors, it even puts us in a bigger advantage. Mm. The numbers, our age, the, the language, the diversity, you can't bring that together except through tech.
1: Mm. Wow, well, what a fantastic answer. Does anyone else have any questions? I love that answer actually. Mm. So Africa is going to be the um, continent with the youngest population whilst yeah. the rest of the world is aging. Correct. So this is the time I think if NACA students can really key into this time and really take the tech education seriously and really take the problem solving mentality um, seriously, there's no reason why, you know, in a couple of years time, we can't have the next big companies like, let's say, I'm just using references, mm. but I believe that better innovations can come out. Mm. So like, you know, the pay stacks and the mm. Andelas, there's no reason why innovations like that cannot come out of NakaTech um, Academy. Correct. And that's exactly what we are raising you all for, to have that problem solving mentality so that you can really become tech giants within Africa. Yes,
0: correct. That yes. That is what the aim is. So uh, through this, this number of weeks, and, and it's very important to highlight these things to you, but everybody um africa is not short of brilliant minds mm. you've got very well educated people but you see there is a difference between education and training
1: mm.
0: and that's what this platform offers
1: yeah.
0: education is simple transfer of information mm. knowledge to you this is what you do mm. one plus one is two mm. that's education but you see training is equipping to solve problems
2: mm.
0: And that's what NACATEC will do. We have to attack this as a two-pronged approach. Mm. Yes, we educate you, but then we train you. And that's why these sessions, I believe, are more important even Mm. than just the standard education. If you want to talk about first-class graduates, there's loads of them in Africa. Mm. But what would be the separating factor? What would be the differentiating factor Mm. between you and just another first-class employee? Mm. It's got to be your capacity, your faculty of reasoning, how you relate with people. And these sessions would help you do that. So that when you compare a NACA graduate with a university graduate, yes, they might not have gone to you know, Zambia Tech mm. or, or Nigerian society or whatever. You know, They may yeah. have gone there. No, nah, true, but they are trained. Education is the transfer of knowledge from one person to another. Mm. That's, that's good, but it's not a big deal.
2: Mm
0: the world doesn't lack knowledge mm. doctors today you can go on google and, and give the same information as your doctor will give you if you were to go for a diagnosis yeah so knowledge transfer is not the key yeah. thing training is the difference mm. and training is the equipment to solve problems mm. and that's what we're going to be doing so mm. over the next few weeks we'll touch on different bits i think
1: wow so a trained man will always beat an educated man correct i like that and I think that's a great note to end this podcast <laughs> on, actually. Yeah. So we're not just looking to educate you to become NACA an graduates and students. Mm. The NACA Tech Academy is a training school. Correct. And it's to make sure that innovations come out of here. So we're not raising you so that you can go and just work within a company nope. and just be an IT guy or a software engineer. Nope. We're trying to raise brilliant minds that will really create innovations that will actually also help to solve other pe- people's problems as well. Mm. So I really love that so a trained man will always beat an educated man Correct. and I guess you can see these sessions as like training sessions really yes. Yes. so we'll be back again the same time next yep. week yep. um and the sessions will always be recorded so you can also watch this back mm. and next week we'll be speaking about a different topic so today we spoke about the art of war as an underdog mm. and it's because I know a lot of you may despise you know your humble beginnings and you may look up to the people that are maybe in the west and in these Big companies and um, think that, okay, I'm small. How can I get there? The point is not for you to get there, it's for you to beat them. And that's what we'll be teaching over the next couple of weeks. So I'm really, really excited. Thank you. And thank you so much, (laughs) um, Pastor Dami, for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, students, for tuning in. So um, we will see you again next week. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I would love to hear your feedback on Twitter or Instagram.
2: Hit me up at Dammy underscore Balogun. See you soon.